Hey, I'm Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. Hey y'all, welcome to episode 22 of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. I am Aeon. And I am the Lioness. So before we get started today, girl, life updates. So I'll, do you want to go first? You know what? I will. I'll take the opportunity to go first really fast. So living, loving, laughing. Um, shout out to my mother-in-law. Today's her birthday. <laughs> Shout out to um, Tierra and the family and everyone. Love everybody. You know, it's, it's an interesting time in our family because um, it's her birthday. So we just want to send her that love. Other than that, I'm just um, taking it one day at a time. I was able to, I've, I've started the process of getting my 501c3. Um, so that's done. I've, I've, you know, I got an attorney working on that for me. And that feels really good. Um, so we'll see how that process works. Um, other than that, just being at home, enjoying COVID, trying not to be sick. I've been trying to do a little working out. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of where I want to be um, fitness-wise now. Excuse me, fitness-wise now. So that feels okay now that I'm being a little more active and watching what I eat just for, like, you know, health purposes. And so, no, yeah, I'm good, girl. What about you? Tell me, tell me, tell me. What's the tea? Um, so this is the first episode I am recording from my new home in the D.C. area. So yes! How does it feel? Um, it feels, I feel good. I feel, uh, I've been here for about a week now, a little over a week now, and I am relaxed, well-rested. I'm just, ha- I'm just happy the move was over, but even, even before the move, everything went smoothly. So at first I wasn't going to move myself because I thought it was going to be too much. But looking back, I'm just glad that I did it. So I ended, I got my U-Haul truck and I hired my movers and I hired my cleaning lady to clean my apartment. And I, I got everything together. Shout out to my um, sister, Rod, one of my best friends. Um, I flew in from- I wasn't pulling out of the city, sis. Like, okay, so like, take me to the moment, like, you're pulling away and you're like, oh my God, bitch. Like, there's nothing to go back to. Um, it was it was very much all or nothing, but where we the hotel, we stayed at a hotel by O'Hare Airport, which is at the the like the top, like the north the extreme northwest side of the city. And I wanted to be there because I wanted to have like my last drive through Chicago. So we got on the so when we le- so when I drove to to drive to move to DC, we would have to co- go through like all of Chicago, even through the downtown, so I could get my last little okay. This is me leaving the city. This is me leaving the skyline. And, um, yeah, it was. I, girl, everything happened so fast. Like once the people moved the stuff into the apartment, and just seeing the apartment bare, like I hadn't seen it bare like that since I moved in two years ago. Like, like every. Everything just happened so fast. It just happened. And then when I dropped my keys off, my my apartment manager came up and they were like, 
we really say to see you leave because you were such a good tenant. You always paid your rent on time and you didn't give us any problems. And I, it was, I don't know. I just was trying to take the neighborhood in because I really missed the neighborhood. And um, I missed, but it was time for me to go. It was time for me to come back east. I was even thinking, because my new job is going to be remote from home, I was like, oh, I'm not going to stay in Chicago and continue to work in Chicago. But no, it was, the universe was telling me to get out of the Midwest. Like, my time was up. Um, I did, I did, I finished what I said, I finished my task in moving to Chicago, which was to get my degree and um, pass the bar and to make my connections and I did that. So now now the time is now for me to be back on the East Coast so I can work and reconnect yes. with folks. But yeah, it was it was bittersweet, but I'm glad I did everything myself. So now do you for, love the next, your new play? for the next time that I move, huh? Do you love your new play? Yeah, I love it. It's way bigger. It's in a quiet it's a quiet area is right next to the supermarket so i have everything i need i'm still waiting for some of my furniture to come in so i ordered like a new um sofa and i ordered some new stuff for my bedroom but all in all i just i just like the peace and quiet i just like the peace and quiet i just like the peace and quiet um and i i'm just blessed i'm just really blessed i'm just really thankful that i'm able to be in this position where even throughout the pandemic, I'm able to afford my own place and I'm I'm able to make money and I'm at a safe location. So I'm happy, honey. I'm, I'm happy. This is this is my new home, at least for the next year. So we're going to work it on out. Yes. Well, I'm happy for you, sis. And, you know, you're one of those people, like, what I admire the most about you is that you're not afraid to shake shit up. And a lot of people in life kind of get stagnant, like, even though you had that instinct to want to nest in Chicago, I respect that you like, no, I had a plan and this is my plan and I'm going to just carry it through because I feel like um, a lot of times, particularly, you know, you, you are living a life that I feel like is going to be a journey and it doesn't, and like, I feel like when you're blazing a trail, it doesn't come with a lot of certainty, but I feel like you deal with uncertainty very well and so i just want to say i'm proud of you but the shade is i was not always like that before i especially before i came to, to law school i was the very like you know i don't want to overspend and i'm scared to spend all this money and very much like living paycheck to paycheck and scared mm -hmm. to do that and you know my moon sign is virgo so everything had to be for a reason and um, one of the best, the benefits of law school and moving out onto Chicago and being on my own was that there was a lot of uncertainty and sometimes, and a lot of times you have to walk on faith. You have to walk on faith, sometimes not having any money or sometimes your credit cards are charged up, but you have to take advantage of opportunities and make strategic moves in the hopes that the money will come later. Exactly. Um, but you have to take you have you have to take advantage of opportunities, and you can't. Um, even though it's secure in the moment, you can't live safe. Sometimes you have to. You really have to take risks to um, get to where you want to go, or to try something different, or try something new. And moving in Chicago and moving away from my family really forced me to get into that mindset. Mm. Well, what I'm glad about is, bitch. Like I said, 
part of the evolution of a person is like letting a experience change you. And I do feel like Chicago changed you. But I also I'm glad you're back because I missed you on the East Coast, girl. So I'm glad for that. Thank you. No, I'm ha- I'm I'm really happy to be back. I'm happy that we back on the same time zone, girl. That time, even though it was one time zone away, it was messing me up for a lot of stuff, girl. Cause I was doing a lot of business back on the East Coast, honey, and trying to coordinate stuff. It was, it was yeah, not- yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine, especially when you were trying to coordinate this move. It's like my time, not your time, my friend. You know, right, yeah. right. Right, no, but the move was lovely and I felt powerful. Now, when I do get a car, I want to get like a big truck because now Girl, I feel what like kind of a truck, bitch. You mean like a truck truck, like a like a flatbed or like a um, SUV? Um, I would like a flatbed at some point just to have it, but I want like an SUV, like a um. I need something tall because I'm a tall girl. I need I need something that I can step down out of. Girl, like, had my regular I'm a big side. fan of the Acadia, bitch. You know, that's how I knew me. Right, girl, because sitting down, girl, you know how many pants I've ripped, girl, like, sitting down into car. Like, I'm a tall girl. I need to be able to step down out of my vehicle. So maybe, like, a, um, not a Suburban necessarily, but, like, a, a Tahoe or I've been looking at, like, Pilots or anything, like, in the vein of, like, a Range Rover, like, the really tall Range Rovers. But it doesn't have to be a Range Rover because... It's a lot of like um, like Kia and Honda. They have like comparable like SUVs that size because like, girl, I'm not paying all that money to ride around to ride in a, around in a car just for the name. I just you know want the size that, and the, the shape. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And so let me know when you're ready to do that because you know, bitch, I learned a lot through this last process about SUVs. So great. <laughs> yeah, my, my main thing for my next car, um, it has to have Apple Play so I can connect my phone to it. And I want I just want a moonroof, honey. I just want those are those are my two. Oh, well that's easy things. to come up in 2020. Right. Yeah, so so do do we want to do do we lightly want to touch on a little current events before we get into our main topic? Yes. I think that would be a wonderful idea, sis. So, so tell me, what were so, you thinking about current events? So I guess the main thing, and it really happened like a couple of hours before we recorded, Joe Biden picked, he finally announced his vice presidential pick. Um, Ms. Kamala, Ms. Ms. Kamala Harris is Joe Biden's running mate. So we want to say congratulations to her. Congratulations to Joe Biden and his campaign for making a choice. Shout out to the ladies of um, AKA, because I know this is a big deal for them. Hey. And what, like, what, what thoughts do you have so far about the choice and about um, the, the election in a couple of months? I think that if you really, I think that for those of us that are listening, um, if you really are a progressive person, or even if not even, I don't want to use that word progressive because that's highly politicized now. But if you're a person that's about the people, you are, you will understand that we have someone in office that is ineffective at managing crisis, managing people, managing government. And so he needs to be removed. And so I support Biden. Um, I support Biden, but I was a reluctant Biden supporter. And so what I'm excited about is that I think that Kamala in her reads of Biden when she was trying to run for office did a great job of unpacking some of his um, white male privilege 
And I hope that I'm glad and I and I respect that he picked her because I feel like when she gets in there, hopefully she'll have the voice to be able to um push back um against push back against some of the more um problematic stances that he has. Um Kamala wasn't my favorite choice simply because of her very aggressive stance about like policing and things. So I am interested to see how she has evolved because of the current revolution that is happening. But I'm willing to, but I trust the sister more than I would trust just any old body else because I believe that that sister at least has a mind. Of, she's, I, I do believe she's, she is going to try to do her best by her people. I don't see her to be someone that is going to get in there and sell us out. So I'm excited. Go Kamala, Team Biden, Biden-Harris. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going to vote for Biden-Harris because that, that is the obvious, that's the obvious better choice right. given where we're at right now. But like, and I'm happy that this is the first African-American, um, vice presidential um, um, pick. Mm-hmm. But I like just to be honest, just like with the state of politics, like since I'm just not excited. At all. I'm just, I, I can't even like, I'm not, I'm just not excited. Because I don't know, I just, I just want a candidate and I want a platform that goes all the way. And right. I just, as, ex- as, as monumental as this um, is and what this represents um, and should they win in 2020 because with everything going on it's really up in the air um, I'm not sure that should Biden get in that it's going to be this radical transformation of, of policies and um, culture and I, I, don't, I don't know I just feel like it's going to be more of the same old, the same old, same old. You know what? Um, I agree. And I think that that ship came and sailed when, when Bernie and, and uh, Warren, Elizabeth and yes. And Elizabeth Warren and some of these more progressive candidates were gone. I already knew that this shit, it was going to be back to business as usual and that the ship had sailed on this like revolutionary talk. But I will say what has changed between the primaries and now is they have to be intentional about having race as a part of the conversation now, because I don't think that the America would have it any other way at this point. Like there was a time where they could both be kind of like, mm, for all of them, you know, they could kind of like do that moderate centrist. I'm trying to be a Republican tea. Right. And I feel like they know now. And I think even Kamala know because her ass didn't get the vote. She would get the amount of votes she wanted that America is far more progressive than the small minority of people that are Trump supporters are. And so I think they're realizing that, that I, hopefully, God, I pray that they realize, because I don't have necessarily the evidence of that, but I hope that Biden realizes that it is important for the black, that the black vote is important, but not, you just can't assume. And I think that because of the revolution, he's going to have to, if he want our vote, he's going to have to talk real talk. Right. Yeah. And Kamala at least can help him not say stupid shit on the meantime. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Like November 4th, like I'm going to do what has to be done, but it's just like, man, like it would have been nice if we, if we could have had a candidate that was, that wanted to go all the way. And I just hate the state of politics in this 
in our country because it's like we can ne- we can never really get somebody that goes all the way. We always have to appease the middle, and then we like that. That's how we continue to end up um, in in the place that we're, we're in right now. But like I said, I'm going to do what I have to do November fourth, and I, I recognize how monumental this is and how big this is, especially for the Black community and especially for Black women. I just hope that when they get in office, um, that they, they because, because of where we're at in the country, they've had to change on some of their central stances and kind of absorb a lot of the policy from Warren and from um, Bernie Sanders' campaign. Um, so I'm hoping that should they get into office that um, they, they'll do what they say they're going to do or we'll be in a position to really hold them accountable in a way that we can't hold the Trump administration accountable. So, yeah, yeah, everybody go go vote. But I just, I, I it would be nice if I had a reason to just be energized and I can't, I'm just not feeling that now, but I, I'm not a dumb bitch. I'm not a I'm not a dumb bitch, and I'm not that deep in my feelings where I'm just gonna be be like, well, I'm just not voting. No, girl, we literally can't do that. Not <laughs> not this time. We're not like they're trying to get rid of us. But shout out to Kamala Harris. Shout out to the Biden campaign. Um, yes, we he, hope we Biden hope twenty twenty. Right. Why did he wait so long to pick her? Do you know what that's about? Like, I thought that that was really. Cause like I feel like we're about to vote in November, and we only have like three months to notice, bitch. Like, is this normal that it's that it's like this? Mm, yeah, this is this is kind of weird, only because like now now is the time where the Democratic convention and stuff would have happened, so it's just kind of odd that we're waiting this late in the game. It's a lot of stuff about how Biden is campaigning. It's just like to me, it's just not impactful enough. It's just not, it's like, you had, like, you should be going to the limit. Like, this should be, like, you should be, you should be campaigning. Like, this is the last election that we're ever going to have. And I feel like he's very much like, I I really honestly feel like he campaigned to be the Democratic ticket, but he was not campaigning to be president. Right. This is not a presidential, this is not giving presidential campaign. No, it's not. And I, like, honestly, for my, I feel like I don't know him. I do, and now, no shade, it's the easiest time for him to get on so many media platforms because it's like you don't have to travel. All you have to do is get sit at home with your fancy background, get on camera, do your interviews, and get to, like, don't wait till the week before the election to do your rounds because it'll be too late. Well, see, part of his problem is that even on the, even on the Obama ticket, he's always been, like, the the less like he's that politician that really just says whatever he wants to fuck out his mouth and i don't think he realizes that after trump we're not having that if you do get elected you're gonna have to really watch what the fuck you saying and like he thinks because i'm a white man i should just be able to just say it if you're not black you know if you're not over me you're not black or shit like you know talking about how there's not as much diversity in the black right it's like who's (laughs) on your team like, like, who was on your team, sir? You have to remember he's a 77-year-old white man. So if we count back what he went through in his life, he was, he didn't, he didn't go in his, un, he, he actually didn't have to deal with black people until he was an adult because he wasn't, he was pre-integration. So like, when I really, really process like that, he's one of those men that's like, 
dealing with maybe like a rural small town mentality it's like that's why like what you said it's going to be more of the same but hopefully he understands that we're not going to react the same so keep it cute with these like crack down on crime laws and you know because i could see him and kamala stirring some shit up so i hope that you know they they know that it's not we're, just because you say that you're our president and you're not trump even if you do get elected we you still got to hold accountable and fix the shit that trump messed up and my problem was i didn't think that biden was sharp enough to be honest these interviews indicate a, a dulling of his senses in a way that was confusing to me and so now that kamala's there at least i feel like on the policy side it, people just can't get him to rubber stamp shit because he's kind of losing his sharpness in my opinion just simply because i know that as a career politician you know not to say certain things but he just continually puts his foot in his mouth right yeah but yeah we 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 wish the biden harris campaign the um success so we could at least start to turn this country around honey because we need it so <laughs> We just wanted to have like a, a throwback episode where we really talk about what it was like for us to be um, black and trans or LGBT on the internet in the 2000s. And the reason the reason that I kind of wanted to do this topic um, is kind of I kind of been on this list that I've been, so since I've been here and I don't, I don't start work. I have like a month, a little bit over a month before I have to start work. So I have a lot of free time on my hands. So I've been watching a lot of TV. So one of the shows that I started watching and I, I just binged it cause I just was so into it is Miss P Valley on stars. Yeah. Shout out to P Valley and, and um Tony Bryce and all the girls on there. Right. So if you if you haven't watched it, uh, please watch P Valley. It's airing right now on Stars. It's uh, set in Mississippi, and it, it revolves around um, the lives of people that work in um, a strip club, the Pink, um, in Mississippi, and just the trials and tribulations of the people. And I, I, I like the show. I think the people look good. I like how the the chocolate girls are chocolate, and they had the the white girl and the the light skinned girl, like and every like everybody is going through something. I my favorite clip, my favorite character is Uncle Clifford. I just like how Uncle Clifford is just she's cunt and she's uh-huh. and she's cunt in a way where it's not over the top, but she's cunt in a way that it's like this is who i am bitch i'm inserting myself anywhere i want to and i'm not going nowhere and you're going to interact with me it's very much like you know that type of character and i just i i like the visual of uncle uncle clifford i like the the power of uncle clifford i like the the outfits and the costuming and i just like how um, Uncle Clifford is representing this non-binary queer character that exists right. in Black community. We right. all know Uncle Clifford, somebody that is not that is not transitioning, or is not you know physically transitioning, but somebody that is visibly like androgynous or gender not conforming, and like you there you just have to accept it. Exactly, and. Um, 
I, with uh, with that Uncle Clifford, Clifford and those memes and tropes, what we were excited about tying this back into the topic was we felt like what P Valley did and what what that what they did, um, particularly Uncle Clifford's relationship dynamic and um, how that he there's this um um what is it um what's the murder is his name yeah so yeah so there's a storyline um where uh uncle clifford has has a romantic interest in little murder who's like a up-and-coming rapper um a piece of trade can i can i i want let's talk about little murder bitch Let's, Murder, bitch, let's talk about Lil Murder, bitch. Let's talk about. So, can, talk I want to let me just say, Lil Murder. So, I am a trans woman that graduated from high school in 2001. I went to college and I spent an extended mix in college. So, what was what, what that young man represents, Lil Murder represents to me, is a type of trade that I have not seen in a long time mm. um, I, um not even just like his because the look is common like the look is the tray but the the vibe of this man has an appreciation that i have not seen since before facebook right, um, it gives very much black planeties yes it gives black planet it gives it, it's, it, it gives some i guess but tease Bitch, it gives MySpace tea. It gives right. It gives Yahoo chat AOL. It gave yes. it. It gave all of those like early internet social media before social media put everything before the social media app. Like before, before you needed a profile pic. Before you were able to have a profile pic as an option on your profile. Listen, so let me tell you, sis, that boy and with his whole vibe and the way you had to, he interacted in a way where he's like, because what I remember is that at one point when a man saw a trans woman, a bitch, particularly in these smaller towns, because I'm a small town girl. Right. I remember the time when a man would see me and it would be almost like a dream come true for him because where we live in my little small town in South Carolina, there may not have been, he may not have seen another girl in his life before in person. And so these men had to go out of their way to join these social media apps to find not just a girl, but you had to find the community. I'm talking about Geo Cities, bitch. I'm talking about... <laughs> I'm talking about bros love TS for those um, people that are my age. Like, shout out to, um, uh, I think her name is Aquaya. Shout out to her. Um, you know, because I'm going to keep it real. There was a time on the internet where you had to be intentional about seeking out trans women. It, you could not be, you had to be kind of in the know to know where to find this. And you could not have this spirit of hesitancy, this spirit of dismissal, the spirit of like, Oh, fuck you. Because if you like what you like and you saw one of the dogs back in the day, the way the men used to treat us had this level of appreciation, that hunger in Lil Murder's eyes, bitch. That hunger in his eyes, the way he looks at her like she is the most, looks at Uncle Murder like she is the most beautiful creature. I mean, um, Uncle um, Clifford. Uncle Clifford, like he is the most beautiful creature that Lil Murder has ever seen. Like, it, it is that look that feeling, that stolen moments that had to be cherished. 
is something that you will not get anymore on the internet. Sorry for you, young girls. Um, yeah, y'all, y'all missed out. Y'all, y'all, y'all missed out. Internet ruined it. Like, yeah, y'all, y'all missed out. So I, I now are one click away from a, from 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 a, you know one of the names on polls or one of the it girls. Like all these niggas feel like they have the shot at the it girl now because they have access to all the girls. Right. And, and all they have to do is befriend one of us, and uh, they'll see our 151 mutual friends, bitch. And that's that on that. And the way they carry themselves now is with this like wash, rinse, and repeat, like random ass, like I don't give a fuck whether or not you speak to me or not because I talk to 12 girls at once. T. Like, right. It, the way the guys interact now, it is not, it was not like that before. This swipe left, swipe right. Bitch, you was happy when you saw one of the dolls. And like, no shade. I respect the fuck out of the way they wrote this character because it shows that nuance that you get in like places where you don't have a lot of exposure, where you have someone that is flamboyant and just fabulous. And like we are smart, we are stars, and that energy that Uncle Clifford has is, is was magnetic for him. And like to just see how it went down, it was it was affirming as fuck. But it made us pick this topic because. Bitch, let's talk about what's not existing anymore about the internet. This journey. Yeah. So, so before we so before we get to that, I just want to applaud P Valley and the writers for that storyline and just for the whole series because the way that it's written, everything is just so realistic, bitch. Especially like zeroing in on Uncle Clifford and Lil Murder's relationship. Even when Lil Murder um, was having. Um, Uncle Clifford, the, the way he used the spit as lube and let the spit fall out of his mouth on to his, like, girl, that was just so, like, realistic. But I think for me and why it inspired this um, topic, for me, like, why Lil Murder's character is so, like, nostalgic for me, it just, one, it takes me back to a younger time, to my youth, where I wasn't a season and I was more innocent. But it just, I don't know, it takes me back, like you were saying, even though, like, even though the circumstances weren't the best, like, we weren't able, like, when you grow up and you're young and queer and Black, you're not able to court or to have, like, romantic experiences like your cishet counterparts. So really, all you are relegated to are those, like, secret moments or the secret interactions where you didn't know if a dude messed around or not. And all you had to rely on is, like, that stare that lasted just a little bitch, too long. Or that, your pants, hoping that you're not misreading it, bitch. Right. Or, Ooh. like, that that handshake where they shake, shake your hand, but it's, like, it's an extra touch table. on the top of the palm. Or it's just, just like that, those, like, secret stolen moments where it's like that boy like you don't know if he messed around and then you finally get that moment to interact with him and you and he's reciprocating the energy back to you but it's a secret moment and nobody can know about it and just like the the magic and the energy of that like his character and that the way they're writing that story between um him and uncle clifford it's just like Bitch, it's a girl. The t- like being one of the girls in the two thousands, like it was scary, but it was it was fun, bitch. It was fun because like 
like you said, now everything is easy access. Everything can be easily replicated. But back in the day, girl, you didn't know when you were going to see a piece again or you didn't know when something was going to pop off it. So you really had to make the most of those private secret moments. Back in the day was really when you had a man that would fly into town to meet you. And it wasn't on some, I here's it wasn't on some, like, it wasn't on some, oh, I'm just here to smash you today and five other girls and, you know, with this weekend. He actually had to come and woo you because he didn't know when he was going to meet another one of the girls. Now, there was a lot problematic about early internet, so I'm not trying to romanticize No, we're not romanticizing it. We just... Like it was what it was, bitch. But it was it it, it was a t- it was it was a time. It was yes, it and was we a had time. safe spaces, and I and I want to talk about that a little too. Like I remember my journey to like me being on the internet started with me kind of like in high school logging online, and immediately like you know um, getting on to like a Black Planet or the, like a chat room or even like a um no shade um that i'm talking about like what's t.com days for those girls that are really old like i remember going onto these websites i have pulled off nude africa <laughs> back in the day a bitch had to even be creative and even in the way like there was a coded language that we shared with the men that that, that they knew how to handle us with a certain level of grace and because they weren't so oversaturated they didn't come with all that like stereotypes oh the, the girls are this way and the girls are that way and the last five girls i fucked was this way like they didn't have all that wealth of experience and, and stereotypes to just push on to the experience so when they found you a lot of times back in the day on the internet you truly did used to run into dudes that did not know teens because that's also too before the world knew how to clock a trans person right so bitch, if you were pretty and you were on the internet back in the day at that's baby <laughs> I have I, I don't even know how the girls are doing it now but I just know back in the day you could stumble across niggas that had never thought about transness that didn't have no preconceived notions but that would see you and truly fall in love with you and like like and even when T was revealed like it did it, they were very concerned about people knowing but bitch, when they found out that they, you were one of the dolls and they liked the dolls, men back in the day used to become obsessive about you. Mm-hmm. And that energy that um, Lil Murder's giving Uncle Clifford, like that comes to the back of the club, like you on my job giving me the ice teas. Like I can remember being at retail stores and the trade would just come check out in my line, bitch, that I had met on, like they found out where I work and would meet me in person on the line. And I wouldn't even know that it was them, but they just wanted to see me and like, Later, they would hit me back up and be like, I just saw you. You are so beautiful in person. Like, men used to really, really pursue trans women back in the day. And that's gone. And I feel like, so as I started, it was like, it was chat rooms. It was hotlines. They might have even been even voice chat rooms, which was the tea back in the day. Because for those of us that have a voice, you know, the, the phone calls used to be our jams. Oh, when you used to play current on the phone. Well, I, so... Yeah, I so I didn't. No, 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 no. You used to play cunt. No shame. Yeah, so I didn't trans. So I know for me, my inter my interactions with like black LGBT internet, it started like before I transitioned. So um, 
Yeah, I did a transition until about like 2007, 2008. But I had been on Black Planet since like 2001 when I was in middle school. And then when I was in high, when I was in high school, not my ninth grade year, but my tenth grade year, which started like um, two thousand three to two thousand four, bitch, like Black Planet, like I think for me, Black Planet was my gateway into like Black LGBT. Because bitch, you remember the chat rooms? They had like they had like the chat rooms. Listen, do, do I remember the chat? Bitch, they had <laughs> they had the chat rooms, bitch, on Black Planet. This Black Planet, and they used to be jumping. And bitch, that's when like you could you had the little script, and you could change the color. That, all you the could colors. make it rainbow, bitch. <laughs> remember that? Bitch? That was how you was how to spill tea, right? And how you used to like connect with people is like you would put your zip code in the, so they had like the different categories and one of the categories was like black and gay because it was gay because that was, uh, it wasn't no trans, but of course trans people were in the gay. gay, Yeah, Yeah. so you would put your zip code in and then if you had a zip code and somebody else had a zip code, you could branch off and do like a private chat. Work. And that was kind of like my foray into like me finding uh, people like me and then like you going on to people and like, bitch, this was before. So, so to you young girls on Black Planet, you didn't, there were no, it was no such thing as profile pictures, bitch. You didn't have profile pictures. And this was also, this was before camera phones bitch this was before color phones bitch this was when bitch you had like the black text with like the the turquoise backdrop like the nokia or the little yes, very nine wordy so bitch and digital cameras was the t bitch but like back in the early 2000s like if you had a digital camera you had coins like now towards the later end of the 2000s like 2007 and two on up that's when digital cameras were like mass produced and like to get like a good digital camera all you had to spend was 50 but back like 2003 2004 bitch you were spending about a good like 100 200 300 oh yes ma'am i was about to say i remember when digital cameras first came out see i am the so now i am the two i am from the i when i graduated from high school my senior year, my daddy got, well, my senior year, my daddy got me a two-way. <laughs> like, bitch, I was very, catch me on my two-way, tea. <laughs> right. Like, and the crazy part about it was I had a two-way that, and I didn't have no friends that had two-ways. But, bitch, <laughs> I was, that was the one thing where it, that I was trying to be, because people were still on beepers. We had beepers. Everybody else had a beeper, bitch. I was like, no, bitch, I have a two-way. So like I just remember like it, the, just think about for those young people out there think about the expectancy of a man that had to hit you first up on a beeper okay <laughs> hit you up tell you and at first he hit you up online tell you what his number is you give him your beeper number bitch he hit you up and then he has to trust that you want to call him back on another phone bitch <laughs> in order for y'all to have a conversation. So they used to really, really have to work. They used to have to be good communicators. <laughs> Bitch, they used to have to be able to like, like you would, you could go to sleep texting a nigga <laughs> on a messenger board. 
Mm-hmm. There used to be a time where like the people on like you could it was it was just more communal and like you do so then here's what what, what so I know I know there are young people out there going well it's the it's more communication now that's the problem because what happened was is as these social media websites synthesize all these great features like what we were saying the the chat feature and the photographs and the thing and the and now you have to give these whole profiles and now I can see who all your friends are now without doing any effort these men can come into our space and through one accepting of a friend request have access to our world and our ecosystem and all of our friends list and all of our girlfriends and all of the people that we know just simply off of gp just because i thought you were cute and i accepted your friend request you now have access to all of my life and like because of that these men are not required to invest anything for the experience. But the so, shame, but but the shame is, you would think because now they have this easy access that they will be well versed in like trans culture and be encouraged to not engage in their DL tactics, bitch. Because like to me, now it's no reason for people to be on the DL because we're also interconnected. Right. Back then, bitch. The DL bitch was the DL bitch because with the digital camera, like with the digital camera thing, bitch, you had to have coin to have a digital camera, and to, and then you couldn't even just put your picture on like a profile pic thing. You had to have the picture, transfer it to your computer, save it, upload it to Photo Bucket, get the little the text code. And and put it on to you like your little algorithm so that yes, the you had to would, like type in the little right. like, code. But a lot of people, girls didn't have that. So like a lot of people, like bitch, I remember being a youth girl meeting niggas off of Black Planet and even early days BGC. We'll get to BGC. BGC was like the next evolution up in that whole culture. But Black yeah. Planet, I've met so many pieces. When I was a bitch queen in my early in my days of high school on on Black Planet, sight unseen, like we may have talked on the phone a couple of times. But did you have Geo City sis? Because that was before Black Planet, but you might have been too young for Geo. Yeah, I was too young. I was too young for that. I was um, yeah. I was I was I was just like a I was just like a a skip before that, and and also I didn't transition yet, so I really wasn't like and we'll get to that conversation about the trans girls in those chat rooms because the stories that i've heard i kind of wish i was on that but i think that was just like a skit before i got into that but bitch black planet when there were no profile pictures like and used i would meet up with these these pieces didn't know what they look like didn't know but that was the but that culture breeded the type of pieces like a little murder and it when it was good because it was some horror stories nothing like crazy but just like bitch you look fierce but it also breeds the, when it was right it bred those interactions like little murder has with um uncle clifford where like when you meet that one person and they don't know the next time they're going to meet somebody like you or have that connection with, like they have with you and they're giving you all of that intensity of that moment bitch it, ooh, girl, it takes me back, girl, because it was so, it was so underground. 
it was so underground and like you had it was like you had to be there bitch it was a it was a it was a different time it was a different well, time, i will bitch. say this now for those of us that have gone through transition we know that there's a different type of trade that likes an uncle clifford and the no shade the same the trade that likes uncle clifford is a different type of trade and right that's a whole nother conversation because Let's not even talk about how when you step into womanhood, you then have to now misogyny applies. So then, you know, like men have this like performative way that you're supposed to be a girl in order. So because if you look at now on the Internet, 90 percent of the Internet is since is niggas complaining about women that are now that that, that women aren't what they thought they were going to be. And it's a lot of niggas just now spending time complaining about the girls. Whereas that wasn't what the energy gave back in the day. Like, even if the even though the girls back in the day actually were arguably more, more marginalized, they probably, a lot of them were, a lot of them were, you know, dealing with more issues like drug use and a lot of other, because it was really, really hard back in the day, because then it mattered that you be passable. Because if you weren't passable, you were not going to, in a lot of places, you were not going to get a job if you weren't at least pretty enough to where somebody wanted you to work. But the but the shade is like back then the the DL pieces really wouldn't have had access to like the upper echelon girls. So well, you would you would have you would have been able to interact with a girl that was like in the beginning stages of her cl- now you might not have had a full beard like Uncle Clifford, but you're meet you're meeting girls or you're meeting like really, really, really feminine butch queens. Right, and like see, I was back in that all time these logos and labels, and and see that's what I feel like the internet has done, like because now guys can laser beam and find exactly what they want. Mm. They kind of, they kind of now have lost the niceties and the social graces that you had to get to an upper echelon girl. See, you had to be an upper echelon type of nigga to get to an upper echelon girl back in the day. True. And now. There's these men really just a regular ass bum ass little straight out of high school ass nigga can get on the computer and, and slide on somebody like, DMs. And because and because now the internet allows you to put all these fake, you can put all you can create a lifestyle that doesn't have to be real, and you can have more than one account, and it doesn't have to be grounded in anything. Like now, the internet has gotten to this place where. Everybody's literally living in like an avatar, a visage, and you don't know what the fuck you get behind the computer. Like, even back in the day, like, it's crazy because now you have niggas that don't even know you from Adam sending you ass shots and dick shots and shit like that. They wasn't that bold like that back in the day. No, like, you had to really, like, he had to feel comfortable and you had to feel comfortable before you, first of all, you ever reveal tea. That's why a lot of, you hear a lot of older girls saying, you know, we don't believe in necessarily spilling the tea on the first encounter because, truth be told, back in the day, it wasn't like because it wasn't like all men automatically knew off the rip you were one of the girls because see everybody because and if you were one of the girls back in the day you weren't just in the gay groups because the gay boys really wasn't feeling the girls like that so you had the kind of so there were times where i would just be in the regular if you were one of the girls back in the day you were in the regular fish thread in the regular women's like section and these men are now getting to know you and you're trying to figure out how do I impact to this man using the best words that I can 
what I am in a way that's not gonna have him come look for me because he know my he know my zip code. We're clearly in the same area. Like so, everybody involved had a certain level of social grace that is gone. Like you don't have to have no social grace. I can send you my dick now, and if mm-hmm. you don't like it, fuck you, you stupid ass bitch. I I send it to twelve people all at the same time. I did a mass message anyway. Right. Like these niggas really don't have that 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 connection to community that you had to have. Unfortunately, even even a lot of times I find that the internet, the way the internet changed too, it has taken the emphasis. These niggas know now don't have a reason to come out of the house. Cause see, the internet was the first step back in the day. Yeah, they still had to like not necessarily come into the gay clubs, but they would be in the parking lot, neighborhood, or like in the street next to the neighborhood, or they would be like circling a stroll. And the men and those men, think about it: a man that's gonna get up in the middle of the night, risk everything to be in an area that's nowhere near his house to look for these women. You don't think you think he's gonna come with an attitude? No. You think he gonna really be nasty? No. So then a lot of kind a lot of cases we have more power in the way that the men we engage with the women, because nigga, you gonna go home with your you gonna go home empty-handed tonight and nobody's gonna speak to you if you fuck around and have a bad attitude. Matter of fact, when a car will pull up, it's very much, oh girl, don't talk to him. Cause he's dangerous. Like we 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 were able to give that real-time feedback. Whereas now, like I said, because the internet has made it a cattle call, I feel like the, even the girls are more competitive with each other for these imaginary ass lifestyles that these niggas are creating on the internet that aren't real. Because again, like you said, even just being able to identify, okay, you have a computer, you have internet access, because that was expensive back in the day. It was, it was. You have a computer, you have internet access, you have a phone, you have a place to stay, you have some type of stability because now... This nigga can be in the homeless shelter putting up on pictures, his cell phone, on his smartphone, putting up pictures of his of, of, of a Rolex and mansions, and you on his cell phone using a hotspot and and in a free place with the McDonald's next door, and you you really be confused thinking that this man has some level of stability. Back in the day, it was already a line or at the door. You either if you had a computer or you had access. Think about how much respectful a nigga would have to be if he had to drive to his library and log on and then be on there for 15 minutes get kicked off and have to wait in line and get back on the computer bitch just now that was shame but think about how much respectful that type of nigga would be because that's right. a nigga that was committed to really trying to get to know a girl right so were you were you on bgc live yes oh so, my god so yeah, so BG, so the next step for me in like being on the internet and stuff, like really interacting with the community as a whole was BGC Live. But BGC Live was weird for me. So I came on as a butch queen. And oh. then which you know, which was fine. Like I felt like, oh, just because like the bad thing about BGC Live was like BGC no shade, BGC Live was like uh, MySpace or Facebook, like for like the Black LGBT community, the entire but, community, right? So like you could, so you could, it had like a guest book or whatever on your page. There were um, forums or threads that they have about different topics, which got really, 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 really spicy and really entertaining. There were um, videos you could watch, music videos, but 
once I transitioned, once I um, physically transitioned, it got weird because I had this internal struggle because it was like, well, girl, is black, is black, is BGC Live, and at the time they were explicitly going by Black Gay Chat, like um, whatever. But it's just like I'm a trans woman. Where's my uh, space? Where do I fit in? Because I remember when I first transitioned from being a butch queen, a lot of the gay men that I was dealing with, a lot of them were really resistant to me being trans to the point that some people that I used to date just stopped talking to me, or they didn't want anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so early i just i struggled with whether i wanted to be in this internet space or whether it was welcoming for trans people but the shade is as a as a young trans woman i was me i was still meeting a lot of men on that site that were that that specifically came to that site to to access trans women so it was like it was a it was just like tension in the beginning but once i started to find my my market or find my tribe of men um bgc was like one of those sites that i would go to on a daily and just check and see what um messages um i received and bgc was a little different because on bgc you had to have a uh, profile pic and bitch i'm talking about the bgc before they were that sky blue bitch when it was like a brown site when it was brown and that color yeah i remember yeah, so like BGC was like the next level up um, because you had to have, you had, not only did you have to have a profile, but you had to have multiple pictures. Now there were still pieces and no shade, a lot of the pieces that I um, connected with on there or that we ended up doing something, whether it be dating or whatever, like they either didn't have um, pictures or they had their face picture set to private. But it was, so it was still the same culture, um, but the the men had to do more, because even if they had their stuff set to private, I still needed to see your pictures, or I need, still needed to see that you were real. But BGC was the T. It was the T, and I think BGC was the point in my queer life, or whatever you want to call it, where mm-hmm. I started to then interact with the girls not just online but also in person because on bgc um they got to a point where they would start to advertise parties and like like you could pick whatever metro area you were in and then they would have flyers (coughs) clubs and then on the threads the um girls would be in the threads talk about oh i went to this club or you should go to that club so BGC kind of, even though it was still online, it was still online culture, it kind of um, inspired me to then go into the community and be around the community and go to these parties and go, and bitch, this was back on Baltimore and DC. Like, I'm, I feel lucky because I feel like I'm the last generation that got the last of the good shit. So I so like all like the legendary clubs and stuff, especially like in the Baltimore DC area, I was at least able to step foot in there like once or twice before it closed down. But I think BGC was a, a little better experience. What was your experience on BGC? So BGC for me was I'm a, just to keep it a buck. B 
BGC for me was a primary part of my dating life for the for moment that it was hot. Mm. Um, there was, and, and it was no shade because see, back then too, you would have the men that would, like I had a BGC following and like, and that was a, I had a, I still had a Black Planet following. I also had a, a MySpace following concurrently. And I was in Bruz Love TS, which was a group online. Have you heard of them? No, no, no. So Bruz Love TS was a group that actually had, um, that actually had like a chat room on BGC at one point. And I know that they moved the platform to another thing at one point. Um, I believe Diamond was in there. Like those of us that are around like that same age group, like my husband was in there, Troy Kennedy was in there. Um, um, like it was like, I remember like some of these guys that are still like out and about now, they were in that collective. And that was like a subgroup within some of these websites. Like there was, you know, but there was a Yahoo group. Oh yeah, girl. T- t- yeah, talk about them Yahoo groups because the Yahoo again, the Yahoo groups. I I don't think I was when from the stories that I've heard from the girls when it was popping. I either was it I didn't transition yet or I was just like a step behind. So tell me about especially like the Yahoo groups for the trans girls. So the Yahoo groups gave. So if y'all could think about what like a Facebook group gives now, just less ability, less like sharing and features and memes like that. And you could go back and forth and talk and then you could private chat with a person. And it was essentially kind of like the computer version of what uh, what Facebook Messenger did now. But let me tell you, but in Yahoo groups, you would have a lot more picture sharing. So Yahoo was affiliated with, of course, you know, Yahoo. So then people had Yahoo Mail. So then you could upload an image. You could scan and upload an image to your Yahoo Mail and you could put it up. And in the Yahoo groups, you could share these images with people like through the Yahoo chat system. And I have had some of the best sex of my life off of Yahoo. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 then what was cute about Yahoo was bitch, you wouldn't know what the trade was coming to the door per se, because a lot of the guys when they were very, very DL. But I have had some of the loveliest men that I've ever known in my life. I met a football player off of Yahoo. That's how I feel about Craigslist, bitch. I miss Craigslist, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're going to have to get into that, too. That's going to be a separate episode, bitch. The Craigslist appreciation episode, girl. But I'm sorry, sister. (laughs) It's going to have to be. And it can be one. But, girl, we do need to talk about it here, too, because Craigslist is a part of my journey. Some of the best pieces I pulled, bitch, off it. But, sorry, go ahead, sir. But no, no, no. So Yahoo groups gave Craigslist before Craigslist and before MySpace was MySpace. And people would go into Yahoo groups and like you would, they were so specific. Like, you know how, um, let's say Tumblr, it was like kind of, it gave Tumblr tease. Like you could be so specific in what you like or the way Twitter is trying to be now with porn, but it didn't have all those extra features. But like you could get into like very, very specific, specific and people would, would share p- pictures and photographs. And like, there was a trust in them groups. Like you had to be added, like they had admins and it was very strict to get in, bitch. And you had to know somebody. And when you got in, like you could really like, unlike now where a bitch will right click and save and put up an ad on your ass, bitch. 
you could share your group, you could share your pictures in the group where you would be kind of partially nude or naked, bitch, and and like you could trust it was gonna stay there. Or at least because it wasn't it wasn't like back then it was easily to share it anyway. It wasn't like it could go from phone to phone. So you know, you have to have know somebody else's email and type that long ass shit in and actually attach it to the email to send it back in the day. So, and then if you really, or you had to download it to a CD, the damages to a CD or this, it was just too involved to really like exploit you. So the guys would just be so accommodating and like, you would just get the most juiciest, most succulent meat. Like, <laughs> like I'm not even being funny. Like, I don't know what Yahoo, because I think the thing with Messenger, I mean, the thing with Black Planet and those other things, you even though they didn't have profiles, you did have to commit to liking us. Whereas Yahoo was, you could pretty much be a random ass person and could kind of like wander into a community and kind of be a voyeur for a second. And then if you, and if you made the right friendships, you could get invited into the private group. But I mean, even just like the main chat, Girl, when I tell you, it would be the most, because then those men that are really curious, that would never like go into like a Facebook group and or or film request a trans woman, had the ability to like get into the convo, bitch. This thing. <laughs> and the way they would just hit you up and you would be on the phone. Now, Yahoo was sickening for me because Yahoo blended the voice chat feature that you get from like a, a chat line with mm-hmm. the internet function. So then it was very like a Facebook messenger. It was way more interactive and quick to get responses. And like, I really enjoyed that one. That was really, so Black Planet was like, I met a lot of, so my, I met, I had two boyfriends off Black Planet, one boyfriend off of BGC, um, like boyfriends. Like, that's what I'm saying. The internet was different back in the day. Cause all, if the guys liked you, they knew that they had to find yeah. you. And they treated, they came with a certain amount of like, all right, well, I don't went through all of this. We're going to be together. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't have any boyfriends off Black Planet because I was too young. Like, I was like middle school, high school, but I had a boyfriend off BBC as a butch queen. And then when I transitioned... I'm not going to say his last name, but shout out to Pascal. um, And then I had a boy... I I had had two boyfriends off of... um, BGC. I had one when I first transitioned who who treated who even though we ended like he treated me like a queen. No, 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 no. I'm lying. The the one that treated me like a queen girl, that was before I transitioned. But he 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 had an issue with me being girly, but he treated me like a girl. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother um, show. But I had two boyfriends as a bitch queen on BGC, and then I had one boyfriend when I transitioned. Um as a as a woman but um yeah it was it was different yeah like you said it was different like guy it, it kind of felt like the piece of, when you click with a piece and you connect it with a piece it kind of seemed like they had to invest with you invest into you uh-huh. because it wasn't you didn't have this access to the girl or it was so few girl it was so few girls back then that every girl was distinct and a piece wasn't going to go off and be with another girl because it, it wasn't like you you could get carbon copies of the girls. Now it's so many girls, and so many of the girls give so many of the same look that it's easy to just 
um, run through the girl or cycle through the girls. Back then, the trans girls were like, we were just, we, we were limited and we were di- like distinct, like visually and like personality wise. And we had to be discreet too. Right. Like, there was, because um, Diamond brought up a point a while back talking about how the girls were DL, you know, how the girls can be DL. And, like, back then, the girls were DL, too. So even the niggas knew how, knew that they had to handle us a certain way because, bitch, I don't, you got, you got to, you got to respect my privacy, too. Whereas now, there's this, like, online, you know, you put on your profile, you're trans, and now these men see that up front and they can make all these judgments and assumptions. Like, there was a point where, you had to confess. You had to confess something, and then he had to admit he was okay with it. And then from there, y'all had to have this mutual understanding that we was not gonna be out here telling everybody business, right? Like, and so I think because the internet has made it to where you already you know all of my friends, and they know we friends. But then when as soon as you accepted my friend request, <laughs> it's, it kind of creates this dynamic where I think men are behaving in a way, like you say, you would think that it would give them more respect and more, but no, they're behaving like predators now, like super predators. Like, let me be her friend so I can see her friends list. And then I'm going to make a hundred friend requests today. Right. And I'm going to pick, you know, literally like I'm shopping for shoes, click on bitches pictures and be like, okay, I'm a friend request her. Okay, I'm gonna like two two of her pictures and from across her, like two of her pictures. And then we all, like, no shade. And we were all to sit down and be like, okay, ladies, let's go through our friend requests today. It will be the same nigga friend requesting 121 people in one day. And no shade. The niggas that do that be the dirtiest looking niggas. Like, I, it never, like, once a week, I'll get <laughs> a friend up is Yeah, it'll be like some some dusty looking piece that has no business sending me. And I'll look at the front and I'll wait a while before I accept it. And then I'll look at the pictures and be like, that's a shot. And then I'll look through the friend list. And I, no, no. And now now it's so unfortunate. Now, if I see certain girls in your friend list, it's very yeah. That I was just about to go there because I'll look through the thing because because I'm like, well, maybe is if you're not a piece, you're either you could either be an ally, you could be a really trainee between, or you could be a trans man. So I, you know, I'm looking with that eye. Yes, I see the type of girl. If I look and I see it's a certain type of girl in the friend list. What's the type, sis? What's the type? No, we're not even going to go there because we about <laughs> we about the empowerment of grown black trans women. So I'm not even going to go. This is not this is not about them. This is but, not about this girl. Yeah, but if <laughs> if I see the type of girls on your friends list, I'm like, oh, I know what I know what I know what's going it's going to it's going to be a hard decline, a hard decline. And you can also tell too, and it's and it's not judgment to the girls, but like you can also tell what his motivation is by the, by the, like when we say, cause I can, I can at least say what I mean when I say type of girl, like no sh- shout out to my girls out there that are handling business and making moves. We all had to do what we had to do since there's no tea, no judgment. But you can see that the way that they friend request, like if you have, like if all the girls you friend request appear to be like in various stages of undress, or like if all the girls, <laughs> if all the girls kind of give a look that I that that a look that I know that like a look that lets me know that you're looking for someone that is that is that down is, and out. 
Right, bitch. Let's talk about like, like, like I can see you're looking for girls that are like in a stress place. <laughs> Cause it's like there's more than one girl. Girl girls that are still in the game. Right. And like are trying to do the best that they can to come up. <laughs> and like not even necessarily the escorts, because the escort girls No, it's not even the escort, it's just the whole energy of a certain of a certain type of short trans now, woman. Now what I will say was toxic back in the day that you don't have now. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna now flip it and talk about something positive from back from now. What is cool now is like you can really vet a man. Like so, then y'all girls that's really going back and forth with these niggas in your inbox. That's confusing. There's no reason to do that because they know. They know. Like, and not only do they know, sis. You just like how you could look and see. And, and it's language for it now that did not exist back in that time. Right. So they not only do they know, they have the language and or and or once you explain, because bitch, even telling your tea back in the day was difficult. It was. You they you were literally trying to communicate, I'm not a man, but I have a dick in a way that didn't have no words. So it gave very much like, well, you know, I you know, I went through a process and you know, so then they'd be like, Oh, do you still have it? Because back in the day, all most men assumed that if you were, especially if they'd never been with a girl before, they assumed, oh, you transitioned to be a woman, so you cut your dick off. Like, they just automatically thought that. And so you had to then explain, no, I do have, the, you know, I still have what I have, whatever. And then you had to go through that awkward, like, I hope he responds back message. Now, let me be real. Today, any nigga that's pulling that is a fucking lie. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, well, girl, the first time that happened to you, girl, didn't you get your life from the session when you gave, when you gave the tea? And then he was cool with it, and then he started my started my. Well, well, see, that was the thing. That was the thing, girl. <laughs> I remember the first time it happened, vividly, like, girl, and it was lovely. Yeah, girl. No, the first the first time that happened to me, girl, I I I live for it. But like you said, if Trey is playing that game now, they know exactly what's going on, and they know exactly what to do. But back okay. then, it was different. I was gonna say, bitch, when I. First used to be with the trays, girl. I used to really fall into that. Like, I really thought because of the way men had to interact with us, they would really make you think they didn't know. And then you would go through this unpacking of your story and it's just like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I am guess I'm still cool with it. This is after they go, well, I don't know if I'm with that shit to hang up on you now. So then, bitch, they call you back and then you've gone through this process and so now you, you've gotten your best specification, girl. You shaved everything that could even imagine to grow hair, bitch. Like, you have made sure you are fabulous. You smell amazing. You've done all the phenomenal things that girls do. And then that nigga show up. And, like, within three seconds, he's munching. Girl, they <laughs> gag me out. And, like, because in my mind, and this just goes to show my own evolution, in my mind, I was like, okay, so it went from you see me as a lady to now you just want to suck my dick. And, like, I know now that that was a different type that 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 those men will always exist, but like, but that it wasn't shade, and they have a place in the ecosystem. But back then, before we had the language for all that, it gave very like, oh shit, like, cause then it then I felt like misled, like, 
well, why would you make it an issue and hang up on me and go through all this trouble when clearly this is your first time because you've happened to leave? Because I'm not a girl that, I mean, you deep throated me easily. And like, I, I, clearly, <laughs> you've done, <laughs> like, you've done this a time or two, sis. Like, so why are we playing this game? But those experiences were still cherished and you just kind of accepted it and like, Almost in a way, I learned to turn a blind eye to that kind of behavior <laughs> because I realized that these men had a journey and a walk. Now, oh girl, they'll tell this already up front. Like, you gonna let me suck it? Okay, I'm coming over. Like, it gives that now. Before, men will be worried that that will be on the internet <laughs> and that somebody would see it. <laughs> and then, like, you know, like they would just be a little more discreet in the way that they said things to you until they got to your phone number. Right. And then on the phone, they would cut up. But like on the computer, a lot of times, particularly with certain pieces, it wouldn't be that much of a cut up on the computer. You know right. what I mean? It would be very much this air of mystery. Like, it's yeah. just, you're just going to fall into it. But I'm not, I'm not going to explicitly ask for like, the way they used to act about munching is kind of the way they act now about bottom. So yes. I, wonder, I wonder if like in another 10 years, will trans and amorous men who bottom be normalized? Cause like, I, it's the kind of, so. yeah, cause the way they go into it, it's like, they don't ever explicitly ask for it, but then they do these little passive aggressive things to like put you in a situation um, where, where the possibility of it going down is high, but they could probably double back and be like, well, I, I didn't want it. It just, you know, it just, it it had, like, no, yeah. but you wanted it the whole time. Yes. And then like the guys that were like, go through the like mental exercise afterwards of like, what, what does this mean? <laughs> right. Right. But right. the whole time we, we spooning in bed and you arching your butt up, pushing it closer and closer and, girl the mental gymnastics but um one thing i kind of wanted to bring up about the yahoo chat rooms even though i didn't get to experience that one thing i did hear from a lot of the the women and men who used to be in them chat rooms really was the sense of community because a lot of y'all are still friends to this day to this day bitch. So can you can you talk about that Girl, that's what I, so shout out to Troy Kennedy. Shout out to a lot of these people that like these guys, these men, there are men that have followed me on the journey from Geo Cities to today that are still my friends, that are people that are advocates now in community, that are doing like, because these men had to go through this journey where they, they didn't have access to trans women and like they just had to hope they ran into one or knew where to go to get one. And then it got the computer and then the, the computer came and the GOC. And like it, I watched these men evolve and the relationships that we had to build back then, the friendships, like even, even after the have or even if we never had like they would be so invested in trying to be around us. A lot of times, every time a new social media website came up, it would be the same people that would gravitate to the group again. And then we would all be together. I met my trans mother. The first time I met her, I didn't even know it was her. I was talking to this lady back and forth on the line that used to have a, that used to post up in, um, that black gay chat and it was this ro romance like the erotica thread 
Mm-hmm. And she was, uh, shout out to her name on, if y'all, if anybody that was on BGC back then, y'all remember Winona? Winona was Cheryl Courtney hyphen motherfucking Evans. And Winona used to write the most erotic ass poetry. I mean, the most <laughs> erotic ass stories, which like to the point where she had gotten me off a few times before I ever knew who she was. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Because she would write the most erotic stories. Because that's when, too, like, the men would go and, like, want to... Because it wasn't like you could just go and find it any and everywhere, bitch. So these men would actually read a novel, give you feedback and encouragement, and, like, read multiple chapters and be waiting for you to post your next chapter online, bitch. That's how fascinated it was with our life. So, like, yeah, like, shout out to Cheryl Courtney Evans, because she had the most, I mean, she used to write the most erotic-ass stories. And, like, I didn't find out until later that that was her. So, it was she was already my mom then when I found out it was her. And then I just, I was like, oh, girl. <laughs> but, but, like, it just goes to show, like, even the, even amongst the strata, like, that lady was clearly, you know, like, it, you know, an older, older girl, and even her, even them, they were on there. So, like, <laughs> like it's it was less ageist than it is now. A lot of these groups are very ageist in the way that they treat people. Um, it was less, um, I'll say, it was less um, materialistic and surface. Like, you literally, by the time you met a man, you had had enough conversations at least to where the only time I would be in a situation where I didn't really have much conversation with a man was no shade when I was, you know, in a situation where, you know, it was just physical or transactional. Type thing. You know what I'm saying? But like, if you, but like men that wanted to date the girls really, really went out of their way and I missed that time. So, but, but this brings me into speaking of body image online and the way that body image is received online. You posted something this week, sis, that um, that I saw online, and it, it it gave me pause, but not because I didn't think that it was more deep or nuanced. But you put up to not want to be fat is fat phobic, and um, I wanted to get more of what you wanted. We're talking about on that, and I hit you up, and you know, hit when you said in our pre-production meeting today that you wanted to discuss it here, and I think this is a great opportunity. What do you think about the way? In, in this journey and the way that the internet has transitioned, what do you think about the way image is now online and how has that affected your journey as someone that is a beautiful black woman, but is a bu- big, beautiful black woman? You see what I'm saying? So I guess, so I guess I would have, I have to start talking about my butch queen years. So my pre-transition years. So definitely came out of the no fats, no fems culture that was prevalent back then and it's still prevalent now. But I was both fat and I was both femme. So that, before I transitioned and when I was a bitch queen, that really had a lot of effect on me and it um, impacted me because it impacted the way that um, black gay men interacted with me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them didn't want to interact with me because I didn't um, fit the 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 mold, the conventional mold of like a black gay male. So everything I represented pre-transition was anti-black um, gay and acceptable. But when I first transitioned, 
the things that made me unacceptable in the Black gay community or for Black gay desirability, it made me attractive as a trans woman, a Black trans woman to straight cis men. So, and it also helped with my transition because since I was bigger, um, I was more curvier. And, you know, in our community, the more curvier you are, the more flesh you have, the more womanly and more voluptuous um, that, the more voluptuous you are. So it kind of, um, when I came into my um, physical transition, it kind of, everything that worked against me in the black gay community when I was a witch queen was um, positive for me once I began my transition and I was presented in the world, um, physically presented as the woman that I was or the woman that I am now. Um, but the yeah, the conversation is just a, a complex one because now as an older uh, black trans woman um, whose body has changed and I've been through some things and, you know, due to the most, I've, I've gained some weight and, and just my interactions like professionally and socially, I'm starting to um, feel and experience some of the fat phobia that I probably didn't experience or wasn't aware of when I first transitioned as a woman. And we're definitely going to um, have a deeper conversation about about this um, on, a, on another episode. But now as an older trans woman, um, I experience my fatness in a different way. Like I still feel like I'm desirable in some ways, but I, I also still feel like um, it's still, if I don't fall in line with how society, the in the space that society has carved out for me, if I try to get out of line, um, my weight, which can be my safety, can also be used against me. Um, whether it be by other community members, whether it can, whether it's by intimate partners. So it like sitting at this age now versus when I first transitioned uh, is is definitely more um, nuanced, but. Um, yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah, the same question. Yeah. So now in this process, have you ever experienced, cause a lot of times now you, uh, you, you deal with that less because there's a lot more pictures for people to know that you're, um, a, a big girl. Did you have to go through, cause my girl, I had a good girlfriend that I used to live with and I remember guys giving her like, like asking like, well, how big are you? And like, like she had guys that would like come out. Like I, there have been more than one guy that has like, she met on the internet and like they loved her as a person and were okay with the fact that she was trans. But like when she would, when the guy would come over to the house, um, he would, he would eat or act funny or because I was there and I wasn't like, he would act funny not necessarily like he wanted me, but like like he was ashamed to date her because she was bigger. And like, I feel like what computers did in a way, like over time, like as guys got this got this image in their head, like almost like how TV does black women and black bodies. I feel like the internet has gotten to the place where because everybody feels like they can be with a dog, like they tend to be disrespectful. Like my girlfriend has had guys that came over and like, that she was too big and like left, you know? 
And I, 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 I empathized and I remember the pain of that, watching her go through the pain of like crying because this guy was being shady as shit to her. And it was just like, damn, like what the fuck? And I do feel like in regular life, she pulls the house down. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so in regular life, when we're just black women in the world, niggas is okay with being a black woman with curves. Hell, your girlfriend, your ex-girlfriend, your wife, your mama, your sister, all of us, all of them have curves. You know, so then I think men are more receptive to women having curves, but sometimes with trans women, because they want that tranny-lish experience online, almost in a way it works against you to one, be too real and to be a big girl. You know what I mean? Um, I haven't, I haven't had that experience. Like I, um, like I said, I feel like my weight and my size, it kind of adds to my realness. And I feel like the guys that are in particular attracted to me are attracted to big women anyway. So you don't experience the fetishistic nature of men on the internet with black women? Well, I experience fetishism in a way where it's like they're, they're, they already fetishize big women anyway. So it's like a fine line between appreciation for me being the appreciation for um, my larger figure versus like I like having sex with fat girls, or I like having, or I like doing. The idea that a man will just reduce you to being a fat girl. Right. So it's like it's a fine line, but I've never had anybody um, say I don't want to be with you because you're fat. Or if if that was the case, it was never said to my face. But my fatness comes into play because you know the type of woman that I am. I don't take any shit off a of man or I, you know, I challenge like toxic masculinity. So when I stand up for myself or I assert myself, it shows up like, well, you a fat bitch or you was a, you a fat and ugly. Any like, so it shows up like that when I challenge um, a masculinity and it's like them kind of taking that shot thinking that that's going to hurt me or put me in my place. One thing I will give a credit to the internet for a girl that has always had a large personality, it made it to where for me, because I wasn't, I was kind of, you know, I was skinny. So a lot of what my transition was, was building on to, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So then there was a, I respected the computer because people were able to get into my personality and, and fall in love with me as a person before they began to try to assess my secondary sex characteristics for how big my breasts were or how far I was on moms or, you know, because I did it the, I did it, I didn't do it like necessarily, my transition wasn't necessarily like no medically. I started it on my fucking own, buying my moms from the mom lady. And then I started buying them from um, in-town pharmacy back in the day. In-house pharmacy. In-house bitch. pharmacy from overseas. Yes, ma'am. And You're not an old girl, bitch, if you ain't buy your moms from there, bitch. I'm sorry. Pharmacy from overseas, and then it was all day chemists in Canada, and then, which I, girl, I'm, I, I, all of it, the Mexican moms, the German moms, like, so because my process was very, like, piecemeal, like, my transition also was, there were periods where I did not have access to hormones just because I didn't have the money. And so I just remember that the computer, regardless, gave me this like a level playing field because one, my womanhood, internal womanhood could be represented first 
without people looking at my physical and really getting in. So shout out to the internet. It did make it easier um, because I did not always necessarily wasn't the most passable girl. And like, I remember being first face-to-face encounters being very, very stressful for me. Like, particularly if I, particularly if I was in public and like, I didn't know if I rejected you. Cause most of the time, and this is the myth, that I want to put out there too. A lot of times we're we're most of the time rejecting me more than we are accepting. Uh, ain't that the fucking truth, bitch? But like I need the world to know. No, <laughs> every day, bitch, for me, every every day, solitary day. So there's no like there's really no transsexual that can't get fucked. Now, well, there's deeper levels to them getting taking us out and you know all that. That that's something that we gotta you know that's still that's still an issue to get men to do sometimes. But fucking oh girl. We are sex objects to these men, so no shade. That was never the problem. So for me, in public, I remember it being an issue back in the day, like, because it would be very, like, tradey, pull you in the back back room kind of tea. Like, I remember being afraid of, like, saying no, like, how you will react once I've rejected you after you've gone out of your way to let me know you're okay. And a lot of guys think, well, I, I told you I was cool with it. And it's like, yeah, but I'm not cool with it, you know? And in person, that could be very violent, at least back in the day, particularly because they didn't, like, I couldn't say, you know, transphobia and the cops would get what the fuck I'm talking about. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't say, that, like, you you really had to deal with stress in public. So the computer just allowed you to deal with a safe space. The issue with that, though, is in a lot of them groups, them niggas was, they were, com- that, they were community-ass niggas. Like, now, at least, I feel like there's a because there's more girls on the internet and there's more guys on the internet and it's easier to create a fake profile and lace it and then you get more diversity but back in the day it wasn't a lot of diversity in the men (laughs) now that is the truth so bitch you could be in a city and like have had the men (laughs) have had the men that like the girls and like back in the day the girls would be very upset but it would be like sis I don't understand why you tripping. He, you met him in the same parking lot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like since I, you, you don't have like, you can't really get mad. I mean, like, it's only six niggas out in this parking lot at any given point. So, like, what did you expect? You know, it was yeah. just interesting. But yeah, the internet definitely made dating and relationships and life easier. But it definitely made it harder, too, because there is no vetting. Like, where I was laughing just now about it being the same five or six niggas, now it's like... This it's very over... As as a single woman, it's very overwhelming now because it's, it's so many men coming at you from so many different directions. And before, it wasn't like that, bitch. It would, like, you would get a... You would get a hit like one every few days or like one a week. Like now it's just constant because they just have so much access to you. So and that, and, and most of your inbox is filled up with niggas that don't even live in America. Right. Like, like so then think about that level of saturation. Like, how do I sift through 70 friend requests? Right. <laughs> right. Um, I was having do you feel like it was uh it's more it was more violent back then for us. Oh, let me say this. 
because there were because I feel like there were safer spaces, I feel like you could insulate yourself from violence in a way that now it's harder to insulate yourself because if you're really, if it's a nigga out here that's really a predator, that really wants to have an encounter and like harm a girl, he has a really easy way to get us. You, whereas before, there was just society in general because there was a lack of awareness, because there were all these barriers to get into a girl. It's not that it was less dangerous, I don't think. I think it was always that danger in being black and feminine in America. Okay. Right. So not pretend like it was a cakewalk. But if I didn't go to a certain street or neighborhood and I avoided certain like types of men online, I could kind of be okay. Now a man can become obsessed with you. Not even friend request you, bitch. Follow you. Not even like, like, not even like be on your friends list, but just follow you secretly online. Follow you from social media platform to social media platform. Know your movements. And like actually plot and plan on you in a way that is weird. Like that wasn't available back in the day. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like they can know when you, like I, you know, you, I have had strangers and this is even while I'm married. Like I've had strangers hit me up and like can, like are giving me, intimate like after they've liked 150 of my pictures then they hit me up and they feel like they know me and they're like talking to me with this level of familiarity that is very creepy and it's because they have a fake profile that is all that I, that they are friends with me on and they've been talking to me through another face bitch like now it's so many levels of deception on the internet that is just scary back in the day because there wasn't so it wasn't easy you could, the levels of deception were less. So I would say in some ways, physically being in the world back in the day was more dangerous, definitely. Physically being in the world was more dangerous. Because if you were, if you didn't, if you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, you couldn't really get a lot of support for your cause. When I got assaulted on the train, the people laughed at me. Like, I, it was a key that I got, that I got beat up on the train. Like, it was a key. And it was because we grew up in a time, we talked about this on a previous episode, where people didn't really know what trans was and they didn't know what was going on. But all the nigga had to say was, hell no, nah, this motherfucking nigga. And then they could pop the shit out of me and then bust me in my face and people would chuckle because in their mind, it had this different connotation. Now people generally accept that beating on a trans person is not okay. Like, even if majority of, even in some cases, like, we still see where girls are getting jumped at gas stations in a certain neighborhoods. It's still dangerous all around the world. But socially, there's an awareness about it. There's a name for it. There's laws around it. You see what I'm saying? Right. So there's a more, in, in person, it was safer. But, back, but the internet is more dangerous now. Mm. The internet is more dangerous. And that's where I want to caution the girls, like, while we're having this internet conversation, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but like if you're in a situation where you're on the computer and you're going back and forth with a man, or a man has angered you to the point where you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna out him and put his picture." Well, block you can bl block them. Block, block, block. Because the beauty of today is that you can cut it off, but the problem is, is that a lot because there's a lot of features on these websites that the girls don't use. But I, to me, I would not play internet games now because those games have been proven to be very dead. Yeah, yeah, you have to. And I guess 
um, ending this conversation, um, even though I love this, of the nostalgia of back in that time and just the, the zeitgeist and the um, just how it felt back then and Little Murder's character, like igniting all of these feelings. The woman that I am today, there's no way I could tolerate none of that stuff that I did back in my younger years. Cause it's just like, I know, I know better. I know better. Well, you know and, better, you do better. Yeah, I know better. Like, even though it was fun and it was my youth, a lot of the situations that I put myself in, is no way I could be in them today. It's just not, um, just because I'm very clear about who, who I am and my value and what I'm willing to tolerate. And that's why now I give the pieces what I give them, especially the pieces that are on that, oh, I'm not giving you my picture stuff. It's like, so this is like 2005, where niggas didn't have access to stuff. It's like, y'all have access to the shit to like, act like decent, um, upstanding people. Like, it do, like, I know that it doesn't have to be this way. Right. Um, and but it starts with me. Now I know you're choosing to treat me as a second class Right. Right. So that, um, the, you know, though I, I enjoy what I had and like y'all, y'all miss y'all miss because even before this um this pandemic or whatever, like even though we were on the internet, you still kind of had to go out on the streets to be among the people to have these experience. Like it wasn't just wholly like online, which kind of added to the magic of it. Um, it but it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be this way like we can and we we're we're having so many deeper conversations to really um, unpack a lot of what's going on because a lot of the downside to that time was we as trans women or we as LGBT people of Black LGBT people we weren't connected like we are now where we're able to connect and talk to each other. And a lot of that has to do with like Facebook and Instagram and the power of social media mm -hmm. that allows our communities to mobilize. But back then we weren't even connected to each other, like to have these conversations to kind of like compare stories and yeah. compare notes and like, bitch, I've been through that too. So we could like be a support for each other or lean on each other to be like, Girl, that one, you don't want to mess with that one. So, sis, this is a fun exercise before we get out. What was your first internet name? Um, well, I'll go to my first name when I was on BGC after I transitioned. I think my name was like Sagittarian Angel. Or something oh i was beautiful bird of paradise mm. so if anybody remembers beautiful bird of paradise that was me <laughs> yeah but um yeah. It, it, it was it was a time but and but i'm appreciative for it because it like it like it was like on the work training and i learned so much and i learned so much about people and, but i could i could never go back i could never go back to it now I could never go back to it now because I was also a broken little girl back then. So I tolerated a lot of shit that I would never tolerate now. Bitch, I have this whack ass tattoo on my left arm because I thought I was the beautiful bird of paradise girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, for those of you who don't know me, I have a, a bird of paradise bird on my arm and shout out to the tattoo artist that fucked it up. But 
it wasn't it's not a bad tattoo it just is too small and then you can't see the detail but this that's the significance of my tattoo actually my tattoo my my, my one of my first tattoos was me trying to put my make my because then it was a part of my little stick you know look for the girl with the bird on her arm bitch and then the men couldn't identify it so then it was like oh girl <laughs> oh girl never mind no but um <laughs> <laughs> I'm ha- I'm happy we had this conversation. It was cute walking um down memory lane. Hopefully yes. this will inspire some of you all, all some of you older girls, honey, to relive and think about just how the world has changed so much, even for mm-hmm. big men. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Don't forget to go to our anchor page to become a monthly sponsor. And also feel free to like, follow, and subscribe to us on all of our social media platforms. And also, please don't forget to rate and review our podcast, Every Comment Matters. And lastly, please, please, please follow and tune in for our live interactive Facebook show every Friday on Facebook and YouTube. Until next time, I'm the Lioness. And I'm Aeon. Bye.